While our primary focus in Oregon continues to be stay home, save lives, to give our health care workers time and resources to combat this health crisis, and that the result of this pandemic has thrown us all into an economic crisis, we will emerge from this crucible stronger. However, we need to come together with the same sense of urgency to address Portland's climate crisis. Today, we have with us Multnomah County Commissioner Lori Stegman, Tara Hurst, Executive Director of Renew Oregon and candidate for Portland City Council 2, and Keith Wilson, President of Titan Freight Systems and candidate for Portland City Council Position 4. These three are here to discuss the effects this crisis is having on our health and climate and outline solutions we can put into place today. First, let's make sure everybody can hear me. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Wonderful to have you. And good morning, Tara. Good morning. Excellent. We're all on. Excited to talk to you three. Um, Keith, let's start with you. How did this group come together and focus with a focus on climate? Good morning, Emily. Thank you so much for this coffee in hand and ready to talk. So Tara is a climate leader in Oregon. And for the past 10 years at my business, I've been focused on reducing carbon and our team has worked year after year following metrics. And we, we weren't able to really drive that number down as fast as we wanted, so we really knew that we needed some additional help. So Tara's been uh, helping us as far as guiding and the policies and the uh, lobbying that she's doing to try and help us move our industry forward. So she and I have become friends over the last several years, and she's somebody I admire. And, so I've asked her to really help me with the climate emergency as well as helping helping bring things that she knows to the private industry, which is what I know. And then as I was reaching out and researching for this candidacy, I noticed that East Portland, East County, had some of the highest concentrations of uh, ground poison, of air pollution. And so I reached out to Lori, and she and I have struck up a, a conversation and a friendship since then, and she's become a real leader in this area. Uh, so that's really what brought us all together. And you'll be having a town hall this Thursday, is that correct? That's right. Thursday at 7 o'clock, we're just posting the sign-up on our respective uh, websites, but the three of us are going to really talk about uh, the current and what we're going to be able to do and accomplish today to really change outcomes. Fantastic. Lori, you represent East Portland and East County. Why is this issue so important to you? Well, I grew up in the Rockwood neighborhood of Gresham, and so I know firsthand what marginalized communities, that they suffer from the worst air quality. And as Keith had mentioned, we quite literally have some of the dirtiest air in Multnomah County, and it's concentrated in our poorest neighborhoods in the district that I serve. So if you go to something called the Environmental Justice Screening and Mapping Tool that's published by the EPA, you can see that the Rockwood and the surrounding neighborhoods there have the highest concentration of particulate matter in Multnomah County. And that's just simply unacceptable, and we must do better. So that's why the issue is so important to me. And Lori, can you speak a bit more to the disparity that one can find in that data, especially around... Uh, disparity um, with income and air quality? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I, you know, Keith and I, uh, we've, we've had some great conversations, and we were talking about how in East County, a lot of uh, folks aren't 
talking about the connection between uh, economic mobility and poor air quality. So uh, if you go to my county website, you'll find something called the Economic Mobility Marginalization Index, along with a visual that outlines the drivers of economic mobility. And really what we're talking about is generational poverty. And one of the components there is environmental justice. And so there's a graph and some data there, and it's GIS data, Geographical Information System data, broken down by census tract. And it's part of the policy work that I'm doing around addressing generational poverty. And when you look at that, you'll see that the Rockwood neighborhood ranks significantly low, almost near the bottom, in educational attainment, voter turnout, and median income and at the same time has high levels of food insecurity, foster care, single parent households, and unemployment. So when you marry all of this data together, we know that these factors contribute to generational poverty and poor health. Mm -hmm. And so we have to analyze these variables not only individually, but collectively. And that's how we get to good policies so that we can make systemic change and help people rise out of poverty. So to me and to many others, this is not only a health issue, but it is a poverty issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tara, tell us about the work of Renew Oregon. What is Renew Oregon? Um, yeah, so Renew Oregon is an intersectional, <clears throat> excuse me, statewide coalition that's been focused on um, the transition to a clean energy economy. And we're made up of a lot of different interest groups. We have business, environmental organizations, farms and ranches, um, frontline community groups, labor, and healthcare. And it's really taught me a lot about kind of how to create a, a great climate plan. Um, so with Renew, what we've, uh, what we've been pushing and, and what we know is that how we transition to a clean energy economy is just as important as making the transition. So we have an opportunity to ensure that the communities, especially the ones that Lori was talking about, are most impacted, our frontline communities hit first and worst by pollution. They should be the ones benefiting first from any investments and the benefits of a clean energy transition, which are good, good paying family wage jobs that can't be outsourced. And what Renew um, was able to do, as many people know, we've been uh, the force behind a cap and invest bill and lobbying down in Salem for the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, obviously some of the same folks who've been out protesting um, to open the state back up or were also the ones that were protesting against our climate action uh, that we've been trying to move in the state. Uh, we were able to secure the most broadest sweeping climate action plan uh, that the governor signed on March 10th. Um, And so that is a, you know, the most uh, ambitious sweeping climate action that our state's ever seen. And now Renew Oregon is working on the rulemaking and making sure that the, you know, the devil is in the details and making sure that we'll be able to hit these ambitious targets that we've set. And Tara, what makes this plan the most ambitious? So this is, um, it, it goes after kind of every sector um, and ensures that we are looking at our landfills, we're looking at our food waste. Um, it, it creates uh, 25, currently we're at 10% for our uh, low carbon fuel standards, our clean fuels. 
-hmm. And this increases it to 25%, which is the strongest in the nation. Mm -hmm. And this is a program that makes the fuel we use as a state cleaner over time and better for the for the climate. And so, you know, there's also uh, our building codes. Our building codes have fallen behind uh, the state in the state for for years. And now, thanks to this climate action plan, all new buildings um, across the state will need to be at net zero by 2030. Um, and that means that they need to produce as much renewable power as they use. So, you know, when our buildings waste less energy, we'll be um, we'll be saving money as you know as as residents and as also as businesses. Um, it's also putting a cap on. Uh, industry emissions, which are some of the most harmful emissions to our to our air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it works with all of the agencies and, and mandates that they um, start building in what are the climate impacts as they look at different policies. This is um, a really holistic view. And, you know, they also, it's also doing a study to, um, to look at what are the mental health impacts that are that our youth are facing because of climate impacts. I have a 13-year-old at home, and and he is terrified that he won't have a future um, or what the future could hold. So, and we work with, uh, you know, a really broad um, statewide youth activists and advocates, and you know, their fear is real, and it's not something that's just been planted. Um, this is, you know, true anxiety, and so it's also going to um, study that. So, it. It looks at the whole view instead of just one component. Mm. And Tara, you've been working on climate policy in Salem, as you mentioned. Of course, the legislature has been plagued with walkouts over the last two sessions over climate policy. What do you see as the next step? How are we going to break through and keep folks in Salem to actually vote something into action? You know, I I honestly don't know. Um, I've been really disheartened by what's happened in Salem and the uh, toxicity that's happened down there, which is part of why I'm running for city council. Um, I, you know, when uh, when Mayor Hales, who I was his chief of staff, uh, went to uh, the Vatican to, you know, the Pope had brought all the city leaders together and said that you are the ones that are going to solve this climate crisis. I, I think now more than ever, and Salem has kind of proven that, at least for now, um, until we get a, a hold on our, um, you know, some of our campaign contributions and, and all of the other influencers, we need to do as much as we possibly can in the cities. And, you know, if, if Salem taught me nothing, it's that Portland's uh, climate action plan is more important than ever that we don't just write a plan, but we actually... Um, implement the critical components. Mm-hmm. Now, Keith, you might seem to some an unlikely partner in this work as president of Titan Freight Systems, which you know includes trucking. What brings you to this table? You know, I love listening to Tara because mm-hmm. she is one of the drivers in this, and I can tell the frustration. But what what brings me to this is just an absolute focus on reducing carbon because. The climate emergency is real, and while we always talk about aspiration, the exciting part right now is is that we have action, and Tara was at the part of that. We have our clean fuels program where for each gallon we purchase, we're putting about three cents into a pot, and those credits are going to reduce renewable fuels. And so Titan 
our company is the first and largest carrier to bring in renewable diesel to use in our fleet. And so what I want to really focus on is the positive aspect of what we can do today. It's no more waiting for the state legislator to move. We can't rely on them. They've proven that. They're great people, but we understand politics is at hand. But when each of you walk outside your door today, look to Mount Hood and or the stars tonight, and you're going to see what an atmosphere or a sky with 60% less carbon looks like. Because I bring in 10,000 gallons at a time in a tank load, and I use renewable diesel, and it emits 60% less carbon per gallon. It almost seems like a dream, but the technology is here. So the reason why I'm running for Portland City Council is I know the technology. Uh, with Tara's expertise, my knowledge, we need to be bringing that to Portland and using because we can gain those benefits today. We don't have to wait anymore. So think about reduced carbon by 60%. And then particulate matter per gallon is 30% less, and that's the health benefit that Lori and her constituency is going to gain. I'm from North Portland. I'm from the poorest neighborhood in North Portland. And I looked at the same mapping guide that Lori looked at. She and I grew up in the two poorest with the worst air pollution in the city. And so you couldn't have two better people really working towards improving health outcomes, but also climate outcomes. And that's, that's extraordinary. And so this technology is here. It is cost effective. It improves miles per gallon. It reduces maintenance costs. And so my peer group is ready to go. And I want to lead not only Portland, but my entire peer group to reduce carbon today. So that's really what drives me. So I know that we seem disheartened, but we shouldn't be because the technology is here. And this is only available in Oregon because of our clean fuels program that our governor and people like Tara passed back in 2015. So we're ready. We're ready for a for really a new tomorrow, but we don't have to wait anymore, Emily. Mm. And Keith, why aren't others using renewable diesel? It only is available in Oregon based on the credits. So there is a rush to build these refineries around the United States. There's 32 on the books to build, but in Oregon, we have Oregon clean fuels credits. And so this fuel generally will go for $5 a gallon. But because of our, our clean fuels program, I can buy it for at or near the same cost as diesel. And the only reason it's really not growing fast is uh, knowledge. So we have to educate others. And, and also, you know, California had their diesel uh, engines, which they limited what sort of age you could have. And, and then Oregon became a dumping ground for old diesels. And uh, that's where we are right now. But we've addressed that through our House Bill 2007. We're going to phase out old uh, carbon-emitting engines over this next many years. So we've addressed that. So those are two of the reasons why um, we have some of the worst air in the in the country. Is is first is the old diesel engines, but mm. but we're going to change that in short order. You're listening to X-ray FM at KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at X-ray.fm. We're talking to Multnomah County Commissioner Lori Stegman. Tara Hurst, Executive Director of Renew Oregon and candidate for Portland City Council Position 2, and Keith Wilson, President of Titan Freight Systems and candidate for Portland City Council Position 4. I'll throw that question to you, Tara. What What are some of the reasons why Portland has some of the worst air quality in the country? 
so, I mean, I think that it's a lot of what Keith has talked about. We yeah. we have our, you know, these the diesel engines, you, you have much stricter uh, emissions controls down in California, and so those those trucks come come north, and um, you know, and until we really get a handle on some of our high traffic areas and high industry areas, I think a lot of people are surprised that there there are absolutely terrible air quality um, in East Portland and East County, and also on the West Side um, from the indus- industrial uh, sectors. So. We have to, you know, we have higher rates of asthma, lung disease, um, and heart disease, and and that's a real consequence. Um, these are not just talking about whether or not we can breathe cleaner air, and I think that that's where, where this gets lost and why it's so important. It's similar to looking at this, uh, you know, highly contested uh, uh, road corridor expansion. Um, when you're talking about adding a lot more of that air pollution right next to a school and, you know, on high traffic corridors where our kids' lungs are being formed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really dangerous and this is stuff that, that lasts forever. This isn't something that, you know, is just going to go away. So we need to be much more thoughtful and uh, when we're coming to our city planning and we're, we're talking about um, we shouldn't be planning just around cars anymore. We should be planning around how do we move people around the city? How do we get TriMet to be able to ditch their, their dirty diesel buses quicker? Um, every bus, I believe, stays on the road for at least 13 years. Um, and so we really need to, um, as a city and as a state, commit to moving our fleet. The city of Portland needs to commit to moving its fleet and show and kind of model that good behavior. And we need to be um, investing in infrastructure that will allow for um, people to move to fully electric vehicles. Mm. And Keith, again, tell us about the town hall on Thursday that you all are convening. What will you be covering? So we'll be covering what we just discussed, but more in depth in a more comprehensive manner as to you know what what are the health outcomes that we're experiencing now because we can't see this it still is affecting us and our health significantly we have Erica Moison who is a a lung doctor and she's going to be talking to us about the health consequences of not taking action and so we'll be talking about how do we take action and how do we take action today to really change our air quality but we want to do it on a portland we want to lead in Portland. We don't want to wait for others in our nation anymore. And just the seriousness of the emergency and that how we can tackle it today. Fantastic. And Tara, where can folks find out more about Renew Oregon as well as your candidacy for Portland City Council? Yeah, so Renew Oregon is, um, they can go online or follow us on all of our different social media um, handles. It's reneworegon.org. And um, you can learn more about my candidacy uh, at Tara, T-E-R-A-F-O-R-P-D-X.com. Thank you. And I hope to get everyone's vote so that we can make Portland a climate-forward city again. Thank you for that, Tara. And Keith, how about your campaign website? It is KeithForPortland.com. And I second, Tara, Portland should be the cleanest city in the nation, not the worst city. And so please join us in that.
Thank you so much, you two, and uh, thanks to Lori as well for joining us this morning. Thank you, Emily, thanks very so much. Thanks so much, Emily. Again, that Climate Town Hall is this Thursday at 7 p.m. You can find out more on the campaign websites of Keith Wilson and Tara Hurst.